Hey listeners, this is Chris, and before we start today, I wanted to tell you that this is one of the most interesting topics and interviews I've had on the podcast. Omir and I explore the power and depth of Facebook and what type of technology Facebook is using and will be using in the near future. We talk about the influence Facebook has and whether it's more powerful than the U.S. government. We talk about how Donald Trump used Facebook to win the presidential election, how Facebook is the largest connected network of humans in the history of the world, and we talk a little bit about how you can use this for your business too. At the time of the interview, Omir was literally calling from an island in Thailand, so we have to apologize. There's some spots where the connection is weak and a bit of background noise, but we're confident that you'll be so engaged in this topic that it won't bother you too much. And with that, let's jump into the podcast. Today, listeners, we have the founder of FB Lab, Omir Barr, on the show. FB Lab is a marketing community for Hebrew speakers that is based mainly in Israel. Omir specializes in Facebook ads, sales funnels, membership sites, and running profitable webinars. Today with Omir, we're going to address a hot topic for entrepreneurs, Facebook advertising. We will talk about where Facebook and advertising is headed, how Facebook has influenced the world, and how live videos are changing the face of business all over the planet. Without further ado, let me welcome my friend Omir Barr to the show. Hi, Chris. What's going on? Not much, my friend. It sounds like it's raining where you're at. Where are you, you located today? <laughs> um, today, I'm working from a little island uh, close to Phuket. It's called Kolon, and nice. it uh, just started raining an hour ago. Uh, but I think uh, our timing for this conversation is pretty good because uh, I couldn't really do anything else uh, today, <laughs> hang out in the sun. So I'm glad. Cool. Are you staying in a bungalow on an island in Thailand? Yeah. So it's a, it's a little island. Phuket, um, for my, like, this is my first time in Phuket. The experience was not amazing. It's a very, very, you know, specific side of, uh, of Thailand uh-huh. uh, for good and mostly for bad. But it was amazing that, you know, just taking a 20-minute uh, ride boat across, the, across uh, to, to this little island, and you get, like, a total, total different vibe. This, this island has, uh, I think, 40 families. Most of them are uh, Muslim, and they're, like, very quiet. This, uh, uh, this little resort sits in the middle of the, of the island, and there's, a, like, a private bungalow where you can literally walk for, like, four or five steps and get into the water. Well, cool. So I, I've known Omir for about a month now and was really impressed with his business knowledge and, and the community that he started and his Facebook knowledge. So I wanted to bring him on the show. And Omir, I've, I've checked out your website a couple times, but I can read or understand absolutely nothing because it's all in Hebrew. <laughs> and yeah. so you have this Facebook marketing community for Hebrew speakers. So tell us why you decided to start the community and where it's headed so actually my story starts um around seven years ago i was living uh, in the states back at the time and i wasn't really able to you know to work uh, i had a didn't have a like residency I, so i was some sort of a digital nomad just without the work element of it <laughs> okay. and i was a photographer at the time so i was i started kind of, kind of like learning about digital marketing and realized basically that if i want to succeed as a photographer i have to learn how to market myself so i i ran a, a studio um, for 4 years i i did a lot of um, uh, wedding photography and some uh, tra- some like uh, editorial um, I worked for as a photographer for Airbnb and, and different different companies, and 
basically, uh, a couple of years ago, I read the four-hour work week. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, I think, uh, uh, right at the same time when I was kicked out of university. But that's, I think, a different, <laughs> a different story. But somehow, you know, all, all the things in life just got to this moment when I read the four-hour work week. And I was like, my freedom is not real because I wanted to be a photographer. I wanted to do photography so I can travel the world. But instead, I created myself a little prison because as a photographer, you always have to be somewhere at some point. This is where, how you get paid right. to, to show up. Right. You know, and and then I kind of like switched and I was like, okay, maybe I should transfer my knowledge in photography and specifically how to market your photography business, uh, start transferring it to other people. And that's basically how my my business started. And since then, it evolved because I expanded to a lot more than just photographer, basically to all different business owners and and marketing professionals that are looking for for ways to, to grow their business and to help their clients. And my number one strategy till this day has been Facebook advertising. So as a photographer, just the idea of like, you take a beautiful photo and you promote it and you put some money to get in front of, uh, of people just so they can see your work has been very, very successful. And I was able to grow my business quite quickly, actually, from not being known in my industry to being kind of like, um, mo- one of the most uh, known photographer in, in that specific style that I was um, that I was producing. So let's get into the specifics of, of Facebook Lab. What kind of value and what kind of service are you providing for your community now? So um, until a year ago, I used to sell one-time courses. It was like a, a Facebook advertised course, advertising course, where in Hebrew, where you, you're going to learn basically everything you need to learn about Facebook advertising, Facebook marketing. And a year ago, we switched from selling one-time courses to selling a membership. So people pay $50 a month to get access to Facebook courses and other kind of uh, digital marketing. And the idea was basically that, you know, these days there's a lot of information about marketing. There's a lot of information about Facebook advertising. But um, people buy the course or the, they get the information and they just stop. You know, they don't get they, they don't get to the action part where they're actually implementing those kind of things. And the idea was that if you put people in the community, if you put them in the group, if you put them in the in the environment where they always constantly need to like learn new things and improve and show other people they're advancing, they're actually going to get better results. Yeah. So that was basically the idea, you know, we, we, the hook is Facebook because Facebook is very interesting. People always think that there's like as a majestic thing about, you know, I'm just going to get into Facebook and I'm going to put some, do a couple of things and it's free and I'm going to get clients and everybody's going to hear about me. But then basically <laughs> once they get into the material, then send that they need to build a business. Right. It's not just, uh, it's not enough just to have a Facebook page today, although it's a great start if you, you know, you're just starting out. And so this is a, an obvious answer for me, but I don't know if the listeners would know the answer. Why did you decide to focus on the Hebrew speaking market? I was actually back, back at the days I tried, uh, both in English and in Hebrew, um, and somehow my my this project that I created in Hebrew succeeded. Mm-hmm. Uh, back at, at least three years ago, when I just started with doing like marketing for photographers, I was basically the only one. So this uh, vacuum in the, in the market, um, I just g- got sucked into it very quickly. And what I uh, realized that there is, you know, um, 
in Hebrew specifically, a lot of people would, would even use Facebook in English, but would rather get the training itself in Hebrew. And when you go into a, into a market like that, you can always become, you can kind of be like one of your leaders in your, in your market in a very short time because you don't need to, there's not as much competition in North America, in English speaking countries. Um, so I think that's actually a big advantage. And one of the things we do, we basically go to all the things that exist in other languages, mostly in English, and just translate it. Yeah. And just giving the translation and, and you know, changing the word so people, it's not going to be just a blind translation, actually. Giving, giving the people the understanding is, is enough of a service by itself uh, to, to help people. Um, I don't necessarily need to be original. I should just get the materials that are out there and just make it more accessible to the people that speak Hebrew or any other language in this case. Yeah, and you know, that's a strategy that I've seen a lot of people use these days is, you know, look what's succeeding in the English-speaking market and then go back to their their, yeah. their home country. French, I've seen that in the French markets, German markets, Spanish markets, all over Europe, and, and they do really well. And sometimes they... Uh, eventually expand back into the English markets, but sometimes they just don't need to because they're doing so well in their market. Yeah, and I think even if you don't need to change your whole entire business into English or into a specific language, but if you do some of your marketing in a different language, it just it makes more sense. So, uh, for instance, if I run uh, a website on on Facebook advertising, specifically my 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 core offer. Uh, would be a Facebook advertising course, but the article or the, the different posts I post on Facebook or even the advertising can be in a different language and this way I can just get get the attention of people better because um, uh, you probably noticed that Facebook is becoming more and more personalized. The other day I looked at my phone and there was uh, an Austrian friend and I think she posted like, yeah, is, does, does anybody have has, uh, like an iPhone that I can use? And then I noticed a little thing that, that um, it says, like, read this translation. And basically what I realized is Facebook is already translating the posts to, from, like, Austrian to English, so it's going to be easier for me to, to understand. I'm not even going to need to read it. So if Facebook is doing some part of, the, of like, uh, the localization, I think they call it, of, you know, making the content in Facebook more... Uh, more accessible, and on the other hand, by the way, there's a lot of the content that really, really succeed in YouTube and Facebook these days mm -hmm. are content with no words. Yeah, like just just with music or just with uh, maybe subtitles, but not even that. Like if every person can look at that and understand, like understand what they see, it's uh, it, it works really, really well. I know people that are making uh, a lot of money just by uploading like stupid videos to YouTube <laughs> and get like millions of people to watch that because there's no language, so no barrier. Basically, every person in the world can can watch those videos. Wow, that's that's amazing. Well, that's a good leeway into Facebook advertising. You know, it's a very hot topic these days, and I've dabbled in it a bit. And I know many people and many businesses that are dropping upwards of five hundred dollars plus a day in Facebook ads. Wow. <laughs> and so I know I know I have a good friend actually and I used his Facebook advertising strategy and he was putting in about $500 a day and getting a 138 to 308% ROI from his Facebook ads. And so it was worth it for him and there's a lot of people that are doing that. So what are some some tips and some knowledge that you could share about Facebook ads? Um, so the first thing is would not be even related to Facebook but 
and, and I think that in order to have a profitable Facebook advertising campaign, you need to have some sort of a really good offer or a very good funnel. Because um, otherwise, if you cannot drive traffic into something, it'll be very hard. I think the days of where you put like an advertising to make people like your page, yeah. and then you post some like sales, uh, like some, some, some affiliate product or some, something very general, it's, it doesn't really work there like anymore. So you need to create a process. And basically, Facebook is, is um, giving us all those different ways of promoting a product. You know, you can create videos, you can promote an image, you can promote a link, you can promote a post, you can send people to your website, you can make sure that they're actually know what they're doing on your website and where they're converting. Um, but all those kind of different buttons you can press to make your, your campaigns forming better or converting better or better ROI, it always comes back to the fact that you either have a funnel, so that would be like just free content, um, ungated content, people, content can people be, they consume without actually even putting their email first. Mm -hmm. Or on the other hand, you have really, really good products. And just the fact that you get you reach your audience on Facebook and they see the product, they're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. I want to get in. So um, I think that's basically the key to profitable advertising. And, and then if you kind of like look at, at, the, at the platform itself, basically what, what makes a difference between Facebook and any other platform is the targeting. Uh, Facebook is collecting a lot of information from all different sources about us and how we use this platform, how we use Facebook. Yeah. And basically, uh, with this information, they can give us better advertising. Uh, they can give us, we can see posts from friends and people that are more and more, like, they're a lot interesting, and also see advertising that are getting better. So it's actually funny, but maybe you notice that, that the first thing, like the, like the thing that really changed in Facebook in recent years is that you actually see less posts. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. At some point, it doesn't always happen, but sometimes you're going to scroll through your Facebook feed and at some point Facebook will just stop and tell you, okay, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you watched enough. You, you, you saw basically all the good things we have to offer you. Yeah. Now I'm just going to send you some random things. Um, so the, the way of getting to to, to, to to understand if people, you know, what kind of posts people want to see is very related to the fact that Facebook also want to make sure that you get the right kind of ads. Mm -hmm. And in a way, people are really, really afraid about the fact that Facebook knows everybody, anything about us. And if they don't know somebody, something, they can just go to a company that has this information, just buy this information from them. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's that's something we we've seen them do in, in recent years, um, but I think it's actually for us it would make the world way better because they help us find this like very cool product or getting like getting getting uh, like good content in front of us. Yeah, and we can spend more time. I've noticed though, Mir, that there's um, a learning curve to Facebook ads. Would you agree? Yeah, I think I think uh, in the beginning, you know, it's uh, we, we call I call my business the, the Facebook FB Lab because basically it's all about testing. There's no science. There's no one formula that I can tell you, you know, and like oh, this is going to work for sure. 
And in the beginning, you just need to test. Like you, you need to test again and again. And I think in a way, the only way to really make Facebook advertising work is to lose some money, is mm -hmm. to play with your own money and make sure you lose some and then you lose a little bit more and then you still lose until you make your first dollar back, mm -hmm. until you break, break even on your campaigns. So um, there is, I don't really know any other advertising platform that is easy. Yeah. Um, and in a way, Facebook, you can, you can start advertising with the, the little blue button, the boost post, yeah. uh, or they call it the easy button, uh, where you can just, you know, get the post to all the people that like your page, or maybe you can upload your email list to Facebook and then just promote those posts, uh, as a saved audience. So it can be easy, you know, sometimes I'm being, I'm being lazy as well. I just go to my page and just promote the, the post to everybody on my email list or everybody on our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you can go into the system and make things more, more complicated. Um, it's less about, you know, the, the, all the little buttons you can press in the process. It's more about, you know, what actually you want to achieve. And if, again, if you have a good funnel or a good offer, then you can actually promote on Facebook. How long would you say the average learning curve time-wise and dollar-wise is? Do you have any idea? <laughs> um, it can take it can take a couple months sometimes, uh, if not a couple weeks, like if not couple couple weeks to couple months to get your first uh, profitable campaign. Uh -huh. And um, you can get you the first likes and comments and even leads just a couple hours after uploading the first campaign. But it, it can take some time, and at least in the beginning, I wouldn't invest money that I cannot afford losing. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes if you, you know, you want to grow your email list. So let's take, uh, let's take the entrepreneur house, for example. Mm -hmm. um, somebody signing up to your, to your list can actually convert and actually turn to be a customer six months from now, a year from now, two years from now. It's, it's quite possible. I think I heard about the, the house uh, maybe like a year and a half ago. And it took me almost a year to actually to do the move and come to the house. So it's a bit harder to measure. And that's where we see the difference between people who are doing really, really well on Facebook advertising and people that are, don't really do it, don't, don't really do well. It's because it's how long can you actually wait from the moment you got somebody to your website for the first time or somebody converted and they're on their email list to a person actually turning to be a customer. Yeah. And it can take time, you know six months, a year, minimum, in some cases. What's a good strategy, Omir, financially for somebody that wants to get into Facebook advertising that hasn't done it before? Like, I don't know if you met Dave Huss, but I think his strategy is kind of like he would do multiple ones and keep them only at $5 a day until he saw one Facebook ad that would hit, and then he'd increase it to $10 a day and see if that, that growth would continue. Do you do things similar, or what's the method you use? Yeah, very similar. So I would usually start with five dollars a day and let Facebook kind of test the ground and see and see if it works or not. And in case we see a good a good um, good ad, we would increase usually the budget mm -hmm. um, to up to fifty percent every week or every three, four, or five days. So it can be, you know, get people to click your website, get people to watch your videos or engage with your post. But 
pretty much the the, the most um, uh, the most used type of advertising is is uh, website conversions. Basically, if you want people to opt in for your email list or you know um, buy a certain product, you can actually track them on their website. And there's always a price what I'm willing to pay, and you know how much am I willing to pay to get people to buy my product? If the product costs fifteen dollars, maybe I'm willing to to spend up to five dollars to get to get people to buy it, or maybe I'm willing to pay twenty dollars because I, I can upsell them later, and maybe a subscriber on my email list is worth dollar or two dollars to me, so I'll, I'll be willing every year, so I'll be willing to add. Um, uh, people to my list this way. So if we choose this kind of objective, we can, from the beginning, from the get-go, we can kind of see if, if the campaign works or not, and then just scale slowly and slowly. And basically my idea, like, I'm looking for how to turn a campaign, how to make a campaign run for a couple of months at least. Um, sometimes a setup can take time, and... Even in my own business, I don't always have the time to just sit on look like sit on on the website and look through all the different reports and make sure that everything works okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just want to let Facebook do all the work. Their algorithm is really really good if you let them do the heavy lifting for you. Do you do Facebook ads specifically for the products that are in your marketing group, or are you doing Facebook ads? to attract people to the marketing group? How's yes, we, we do both. So the two most successful strategies we do to, to get people onto our membership site, um, would, the first one would be to, to sell just one training out of the 20-something trainings we have on the website. Mm-hmm. So we call it an execution plan and sell one execution plan for $10, $12, $15. And then once they buy one, it's very easy to explain to them, hey, if you want to get all of them, just sign up for our membership. And the different thing we do, and also also very successful, is sell them uh, trial periods of like one week or one month for $1. And after the end of the month, we automatically upsell them to $50 a month. Um, so that's that's the two ways where you can get a lot of people to, you know, either buy a very cheap product or just, you know, sign up for like, for almost free trial. We use the $1 so we can get our credit card information. Um, not really because we need that $1. <laughs> yeah. What's been, Omir, the most impressive Facebook ad story that you've heard of <laughs> business-wise? Business-wise. So we... I, I would give like a, several different examples, but they all relate to one topic, and that's when you launch a new product. Uh-huh. Um, we we participate as affiliates in a lot of product launches in Israel and also outside of Israel, and it's always some sort of like uh, you know it's it's there's a lot of guesswork, and basically what happens in, during the lunch or at least the, the time before the, the actual lunch itself is that you try to get as many people. To, to acknowledge and know that there is an offer like that on the market. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we would invest, you know, a couple thousand dollars and, and lose all the money. And sometimes that, those couple thousand dollars can turn into be like a huge success. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you never know. You know, there's, there's different signals that we try to track and see, you know, uh, if this number converts and this and this information. Um, but many times we've seen how we invest $1 and turn it into 5 6 or $7. Yeah. 
Nice. Um, and that's that's really first of all, it's an investment. It's, it's pretty good. Like uh, I would when I would share this information with my financial advisor, they're like, "Wow, you should you should start a hedge fund of, of people investing in Facebook ads because this, this is amazing. Like in no no market, you can make uh, 700 percent in one month." Yeah. Um, but for people launching their own products, you know, sometimes you don't know. Like as long as you uh, you know that you drive traffic and you at least you collect the information of the people, like get their email address or get their number or let them you know sign up for your app or download something. Basically, keep the the interaction past the just past the the Facebook platform. Mm-hmm. Then then I know that I'm gonna make up. Like even if I'm gonna lose a little bit of money um, in the short ter- term, like in the long term, I'm gonna make it up. By by just uh, you know keeping keep the conversation with those people and, and sending them more content and other offers that maybe convert them later down the road. Great point. So let's talk about the hot news in America today: the recent election of Donald Trump. And many of the listeners probably don't know this, but in the, the last weeks of the election. Donald Trump actually invested somewhere around $100 million in Facebook ads to sway the election into his favor. And what it's like him or not, it was a success and turned out to be, I think, the, one of the most successful digital voter suppressions operations in history. I think that's what they termed yeah. it as. I read through the article and I was blown away because, you know, we talk about Facebook ads and using these in our business on a regular day-to-day basis. And the strategy he used, picking out a target market, then sending ads out to those that target market that would influence them not to vote for Hillary. So he found people who um, were likely to be pro-Hillary, but also people that were likely just to say, ah, I don't want to go to the polls today. And then he dropped millions of dollars in to influence those people, uh, which is... <laughs> From a strategy point, is 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 really intelligent. However, you view it. But what do you think about that whole situation, Omir? Um, it's amazing, you know, that the, the the person that is supposed to be or is going to be the the president the president of the United States need to go to Facebook to get to to get in touch with their people to get information about those people. Yeah, uh, that are going to end up voting and probably. I don't know if it's so, I mean, I'm probably, I think that Facebook knows more about people today than the American government at some point. (laughs) The fact that, first of all, look at all the companies that Facebook acquired just a couple of recent years. So you would have Instagram, you would have WhatsApp, and people are saying that, you know, the messages you send in WhatsApp, you would get, uh, like, Facebook would know about it and present the right kind of ads. And just the fact that, uh, it's it's kind of like in the day of the election, Facebook would probably know if, to what poll did you go, what time did you go, mm. uh, and maybe based on your behavior, if you know you're happy to vote vote for this person to the other person, and basically I think just Trump did a very very good move. I mean, it's, it was very smart leverage this information. And I don't, I don't exactly know how they did it, but you know, maybe on the election day, all the people that have thought about voting for Hillary, maybe they send them some like coupons to go shopping somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah. think I think what they, the article said is that he sent out a negative South Park image ad 
with Hillary's face on it. And it in the ad, it talked about her saying something from the past that was very hypocritical of what she was saying these days. And so somehow he figured out that there's a lot of people out there that are likely to vote for her, but also easily swayed not to go to the polls. Mm. And it, however, he, he nailed that market down. He did it really well. And actually, he hired a guy, and I forgot the guy's name, out of Texas. And they built a team in Texas to monitor this Facebook ad campaign and absolutely just did phenomenally well for them. Yeah. So I think that that's a very that's just a very good example of you know what people are using Facebook today. If you remember, twelve years ago, when we opened our you know um, I think probably like ten years ago, um, when we all had ourselves the Facebook account, it was a social network, and mm-hmm. it's not really a social network anymore. Uh, it kind of it shifted, and it's a it's a different kind of creature. Um, Facebook is more of a place where people are like are um, joining and, and you know are gathering around different topics or different interests. And so you know if you're interested in being a digital nomad, you're going to go to one of the groups, or you're going to like one of the pages, or you're going to be friends with other people that are not actually your friends. So so it's not really a social network. If I if myself and other person could be friends, but we never really met, not in real life, and maybe we're friends on Facebook and we never even message one another, but we know of one another, you know, we're we are interacting with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, it really changed the, the 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 image, and then once you can, you get pe- people to just gather around different interests, mm-hmm. um, and that's a that's a, a commonality between different people. You can it's easier to target them. Yeah. So it's one of the the reason why this the, the advertising platform at Facebook is so good because you can basically know if like maybe I should ch- target people that like cats or maybe people that like these kind of pages, um, and when you think about it, I mean it it makes perfect sense to start targeting people on the based on not only their you know the pages they like but their behavior. So, Omir, I want to ask, I know a lot of people hearing how much information that Facebook actually gathers from us and the fact that Donald Trump can use it to sway the election is quite powerful. Is this something that we should worry about? Um, You can do two things. You can worry about it or you can take advantage of it. (laughs) At some point, some point in history, you know, the people that are worried about it would disconnect from Facebook only to realize that Facebook basically owns half of our life or mm-hmm. half of our internet life. And the other people would see this as an opportunity and realize that anyhow, the privacy is maybe, maybe a little bit overrated in, in the days where, you know, every idea you have, you just publish into the web and everybody can read. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point, you know, it, you need to give up a little bit of your privacy to get different kind of freedom, the ability to connect with any other person in the world at any given time. I mean, we take it for granted, but uh, 10 years ago, when you would go traveling the world, if you didn't, you know, how would you stay in touch with all the people you met? Right. You know, just fire up an email and go, hi, I know we, which we hiked together two years ago. What's up? <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't really happen, but um, how easy is it? To just send a message to somebody you met a couple of years ago on Facebook, you're like, "Hi, I just thought about you. Or, I saw your photo. I saw you 
this very important thing happened in your life. Just wanted to say congratulations. So people can try get away from Facebook, but you know, Facebook in, in not long time from now, your phone would be Facebook. Like if you're, if I'm going to call you, it's probably going to be through Facebook. Mm. Uh, and, and the internet in a lot of the countries in the world, like in Thailand, for instance, you can surf Facebook for free in really? Thailand. I didn't even know that. Yeah. On, I think on DTEC, uh -huh. there's, even if you don't have a data plan, you can surf Facebook and you can surf Wow. I think you can use WhatsApp and maybe even use Lime. Uh -huh. And and the reason is because Facebook, companies like Facebook are are paying. Um, I, I don't really know the deal, but I, I can guess that p companies like Facebook are paying for the internet pro providers to give them uh, give people access to Facebook and give them the ability. Yeah. And if you if you look about you know that you're talking about privacy, but just look about how Facebook looks these days. So you have um, more than 1.5 billion people mm -hmm. on Facebook, and you have uh, a little bit more than 3 billion people using the internet. So the only limitation for the Facebook growth is basically the, the rate of internet penetration to, to the world. So more than half of the people in the world still don't have access to internet. And, you know, they don't have, they don't have the, the, the right, uh, you know, connection, or they're just in a very, very remote area of the world, right? Or no infrastructure, and you know, in 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 couple of years, they're gonna lose their privacy, but they're gonna get access to yeah. the internet. And that's a good point because, so you said 1.5 billion people were on Facebook. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, and then there's three three billion people using the internet. Well, in a lot of those people that are using the internet or that are not on Facebook in China, which blocks Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So there's probably uh -oh. a lot more Facebook be, would be a lot bigger if China would take down their borders and allow Facebook. Yeah. If, if WeChat would, uh, you know, combine with Facebook, it's, it's maybe that day is not too far away. But um, one of the interesting projects Facebook did in recent years, it's called Internet Org. Okay. Um, I think there's, there's one project for for Facebook and one project for Google. Basically, those two companies are competing between them. Who's going to be able to provide more internet um, to the world? Mm -hmm. um, um, and basically, what Facebook is doing, and they start sending drones and balloons, sorry, drones, balloons, I think that's the Google thing. They start sending drones that will be able to, to send internet to every corner of the world. Wow. Um, and it's, um, basically that's one, of, I think that's the most interesting project they're gonna, they're gonna do in the, the next couple, the next 10 years or so. Um, cause once you're really going to be able to connect everybody in the world and everything's going to change. So if we, like, if, if we would like to speak, talk one day, like we can just lift our Facebook phone and call each other using messenger free internet I got from, from Facebook or just pay you know, a couple of dollars per, per month to get the unlimited calls on, on Facebook yeah, or even free calls and you just need to watch some ads before or after the call or during the call. So that's where it's going to. So Facebook is, I'm guessing, the, the largest network of humans in the history of humanity. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this, Omir. Is Facebook more powerful than the U.S. government? <laughs> 
I, I read a really, um, after the Donald Trump uh, election, um, I, read, I heard this uh, podcast episode from, from Freakonomics, and their question was like, is the, the American president, is, is that position is, is very powerful? Is that really the, the most powerful person in the world? And the answer was no. Um, they're not really powerful because they're very limited by their, by their, um, by their position. Mm-hmm. So I, I would not try to, 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 you know, compare fate, like Donald Trump to, to Mark Zuckerberg and their ability to influence the world. Um, but I think that in, in, in the, 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 the more the time goes, the stronger Facebook gets. Or, and actually, I think the American the American uh, government is getting more and more weak. Yeah. So I don't know at what point if it's really stronger right now, but at one point it's actually going to change. Yeah. But I think that in in not not from long from now, if you're in the UN, you're going to have you know the Facebook representative, or there's going to be in some committee in the in the UN, there's going to be sitting a, a Facebook representative, because. Facebook and Google and the big companies of the world that connects that connects one another are becoming just like a very very important uh, aspect that you cannot really ignore. You know the decision that Facebook makes as a company has huge influence mm-hmm. uh, more than you know the decision that Italy as a country makes or the or, or Greece or Argentina. Mm-hmm. Um, you know just. Uh, change the interface of Facebook one day and you'll see that half of the world get pissed. <laughs> one billion people. <laughs> in, in ways I kind of think these companies like Google and Apple and, and Facebook are because I think this, you may know the exact details, but recently the U.S. government ordered Apple to give information, privacy information to them. Yeah. And Apple just said, no, like we're not going to do that. And yeah, you know the power of a company, or in the influence to say no, like to the U.S. government, is incredible. You know. Yeah. One thing I have to say about Facebook is that um, I'll, I'll take the example of Facebook advertising. So they're very, very strict with what you can advertise and what not, mm-hmm. and their number one priority is always a good customer experience. Mm. Or user experience. So, if any in any way, I'm going to see an ad on Facebook tomorrow that's going to get me mad. I'm gonna I'm gonna be pissed, and I'm gonna say like I'm I'm done with this Facebook. I'm never going to log in again. Um, that's going to be a problem. And so, Facebook is trying to recognize, you know, what kind of uh, advertising and posts are getting bad bad reviews, mm-hmm. and um, and just eliminate that from from the platform. Um, and that's because they're trying to get the people to stay as long as possible. If you're going to see an ad, and because of that ad, you're never going to log to Facebook again, they lost you. Um, um, and they don't want to lose every, every person, any, like, er, any person. So their number one priority is to keeping their, you know, their, their users logging in every day, feeling safe. And I think, I think that's kind of like, it really, you can really see it. Even though you feel like your information can be sold or it can be used for, for things you didn't really intend it to be used, um, I think they're really trying to, to keep, keep, up, keep us happy and not, you know, you, in, not, not, in no way to leave you with the feeling that, you know, somebody is doing you a bad thing. Yeah. 
Omir, I'd like to touch just briefly before we, we close about Facebook Live video um, yeah. and where it's going. And I've known uh, noticed recently in working with uh, business and partners that uh, Facebook's promoting live video uh, much more than, well, just regular posts, but even just regular videos. And so w what's your thoughts about where Facebook's taking live video and what direction are they going? So that's a very good point because what happened in Facebook in the last two years is that Facebook turned to be more of a video platform. Mm -hmm. um, people just like video, you know. They really enjoy interacting with video on social media, on on sites like uh, like Facebook and YouTube. And Facebook passed YouTube as the number one uh, social network or the number one platform for video. So oh, there's more that. video. Wow more video uploaded to Facebook every day or every second than to YouTube. Wow. Um, and that's, that's, that's actually very interesting. And one of the, the, the reasons why it happens or one of the things Facebook helps us is by giving video just better exposure and better interaction. So if I'm going to promote two, two different kinds of ads, one of them would just be an image ad, send, send people to a website to download some free guide versus a video ad that you would see me just speaking and saying like, hi, I created this new free guide, you should go and download it. The video ad, almost it's all, like at every single time, it's going gonna, it's gonna to perform way better, it's going to be cheaper, you can mm -hmm. decrease the amount of you pay to, to get a lead in like 10, 20, even 50%. Yeah. Um, and we see it, see it very, very often just by, you know, shooting a little video with your, a short video with your phone. And then when, when the, the live um, thing started a couple, couple months ago, it's almost a year, but it's, it's really, really being, uh, you know, blowing, uh, blowing up in the, rest, the, the past couple of months is, you know, Facebook is trying to get people to be more connected. Mm -hmm. And you can really go, I think, on, on their site, you can go to the page where you can see all the different live views from all around the world every single second. And yeah. just to log in and find, you know, find what people are doing. And I don't know if you remember, but there was there was this app called Periscope. Yeah, a year I ago, yeah. really really big. What what's you know nobody really talks about Periscope anymore. <laughs> they just you know completely completely uh, took over this market of of uh, of live uh, video. And if you look at that, like in 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 what else they do, you know they have uh, they have these drones flying around the world, spreading internet. And we all, everybody knows that drones has uh, cameras, and you know it's really cool to get your own drone and to to, to shoot from all around um, the world. And now you have um, you have a video 360 on Facebook, mm -hmm. and Facebook has technologies where you can take like you know you can shoot video 360 and 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 have it on on Facebook. And I don't think it's going to be that um, far in the future where you're going to have drones. With video 360, just flying around the world, and wherever you want to be, you can just connect, be there. So if you want to be just right now with me on this uh, little island in, in Thailand, you just log into the live view of this of the camera that this the the, the owner of uh, of this resort has, um, and and you can actually watch live exactly what's happening every single place. Yeah. So that's kind of going to be the thing. Um, if you look about, you look at YouTube YouTubers. Um, there's a lot of people doing like a, a daily vlog, 
where yeah. I am just going to shoot themselves all day and then you're going to have like a 10 minutes of a thing. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure that the day where, you know, you're just going to log into other people's channels and see what they're doing and people would broadcast their live 24 seven mm-hmm. on Facebook. I don't think it's that far, far from today. Um, you're already seeing companies like uh, creative live that would, uh, just have classes on almost every kind of topic and you can connect live to their website and see what's happening in their in their classes so i think that's where, where facebook is going with this kind of thing that's amazing absolutely impressive um here's here's a far-off question for you omir uh, what's facebook look 50 years look like 50 years from now <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't I, I don't really know um I don't. I can try to guess what Facebook is going to look like in five years from now. That's kind of um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg kind of um, show his plan to the world in the I think the last uh, conference, um, the first uh, developer conference he, he did like in around April. But um, it's amazing. Like it, it, the question is, how far are they going to go in the next five years? Or even ten years, like they're gonna ha- or have their own car. Are we gonna drive the Facebook car? <laughs> yeah, we could take. They could buy Uber and just have the Facebook car come pick you up with no driver and and yeah. the Facebook live video just videos it all. <laughs> Is Facebook gonna buy Uber? You know, they just they bought WhatsApp a couple of years ago, three, yeah. two years ago. Who's gonna be the next company? Are they gonna buy Airbnb? You know. Yeah. Uh, um, it can. I think everything is open. This co- this company doesn't really have any limits in terms of what they do, and the only limitation is what we can actually think that the world can can look can look like. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's a really good interest. It's a really good question because I think um, we're going to be so hyper connected to the world um, that it's going to be a little bit uh, maybe a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll uh, see. Then we'll see a movement of people disconnecting. But Facebook will probably yeah. start that movement too. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be nice because because of Facebook for digital nomads, we're gonna get internet everywhere in the world. Yeah, it's gonna be so much easier to travel. We're gonna be. It's gonna be easier to connect with people. Um, it's gonna like. It's it's definitely gonna be a, a website you spend at least half of the time where you're online because we're going to be using them instead of Skype. I think software like, like Skype is going to be gone. Software like Slack is going to be, it's going to disappear because, because Facebook and basically technologies and just do it better. Yeah. You no, know, they're not the first one to do Facebook to do live video, but once they decided to go on this thing, it's becoming a, like a crazy thing. Everybody is getting on, is hopping on this opportunity. Everybody is doing live video, and all of a sudden, you get like millions of people to use this kind of a thing every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it just the, the question is, you know, what's there going to be there? What's going to be the next the next priority on their list? Yeah. Um, I definitely, I'm sure that's going to be related to the fact that we're going to be able to connect to get like a stable 4G, if not 5G, or even something more advanced in basically every corner of the world. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Wow, mind blowing, Momiro. Mind blowing. <laughs> well, let's wrap up there, my friend. And and before we leave, can you tell the listeners where they could get a hold of you at? 
Yeah, so you can, uh, if you want to, if you speak Hebrew and you want to learn more about uh, Facebook advertising, you can go to fblab.co.il. And for people that are, don't speak Hebrew but want to, uh, you know, um, still get to, to be exposed to so some of the other things that I do, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, handle the handle bar is uh, at Omer. Um, bar and I think there's a little line between the Omer and the bar so if you're gonna look it up is that a and under, an underscore an underscore yes yeah okay I was uh, I was looking for the right uh, right <laughs> word so it's Omer underscore bar uh, at Twitter mm -hmm. and you um, you're more than welcome to follow me if you have any questions on Facebook advertising I'll be very happy to to assist you and look at your funnel or look at your ads and give you my uh, my honest opinion about it. And thank you for the interview, Chris. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, Omir, thank you very much for coming on the show, my friend, and, and sharing your infinite wisdom to the listeners <laughs> and everything that Facebook is and Facebook ads are. I really appreciate it, my friend. And we'll close from there. Enjoy your time in Phuket or the island off of Phuket. And we'll talk to you soon, Omir. Thank you so much. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for those that are in the Entrepreneur House, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year we have three different events, a three-day productivity weekend in different cities all around the world, a two-week all-inclusive retreat for entrepreneurs with six-figure businesses. This will be full of workshops, masterminds, and adventure. Then a four-week event in Chiang Mai, Thailand for established entrepreneurs, also full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. These events will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested in have some questions be sure to contact us through the entrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact we will respond as soon as possible for now saludos from somewhere in the world You know, I wouldn't say that uh, I'm a, I'm afraid, but I'm interested. So I just finished watching the movie Snowden. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. It's really good. You know the story, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so um, in the movie, it shows all the, you know how much access the CIA had to every individual in the world, pretty much that was online, and basically they could just open up. And, and if you had your computer open, whether your camera's on or not, they could they could look you up and watch what you're doing. 
Um, they can find all the information off your computer. They can find all the information off your phone. And so um, if they wanted it, uh, they could have it. And they did quite often. And they had to monitor somewhere around 2.5 million people consistently um, when they're just focusing on one target, one enemy. So take, for example, somebody was a part of the Taliban. Um, so they had to monitor him and the 60 people that he regularly talks to. And then they had to monitor the 60 people that those 60 people talked to and monitor the 60 people. So they had to go four people deep. Um, so that was, I think it came out to be about 2.5 million just for that one person. And so <laughs> he did, and he was building the software to monitor all this stuff, right? And, and um, he, he obviously, he got to the point where he had to just leave, leave, uh, open up about it and they had so many lies. So um, I wouldn't say it scares me, but it, it interests me because, you know, other people have so much access to our personal lives. It, it's kind of intimidating. And, and there was another guy, Omir, that came to the house and he worked for the U.S. government. He used to. And he also, he um, now works for a startup. But he was working during the elections. He, he's a hacker hunter for... Um, basically most of China, and he runs a team that kind of targets China. And during the elections, the primary elections, um, they actually put, got pulled off China and got moved to Russia because uh, their company was hired to track down the hackers that were uh, swaying the elections um, in Russia. And, really? Yeah. And so um, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's just kind of crazy, you know. But, but I think, too, it, it kind of... It kind of it goes to the aspect of okay, what's really important with with our you know with our life, is all this technology really that important? You know, we have our day to day lives that we live in our hobbies that we do in our friends and family, and I think it kind of it it can kind of also make us realize that okay, you know, they have access to all this digital information, but they can't really. Um, take away what's important if we don't let them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, you? Does it, does it worry you? I don't think my life is that interesting or that important <laughs> for actually to people, to somebody to follow me. Like really what, what they're going to find, like all the people I spoke to on Tinder, like, wow. Well, like, <laughs> you know, that's, they brought that up in the movie Snowden too, because Snowden's girlfriend, because he was getting a little anal about, her using the computer all the time and not covering up the video and not having security on her computer or her phone. And he was like, and, but he couldn't tell her why. And so he was like, you need to quit using video so much or you need to at least just put tape or a Band-Aid over your video. And she's like, why? I don't care. I don't have anything to hide. And he's like, he goes, trust me, you do. And there's a <laughs> lot more people that are that may be watching you than, than you may think. Yeah, I kind of feel that way too. But that that movie actually kind of changed my perspective a little bit after watching it. For good or for bad? Probably for bad. <laughs> for bad. Um, there's a famous uh, photo of uh, like of um, um, Mark Zuckerberg, and mm -hmm. you see him sits by his computer, and he actually has a tape on his uh, on his camera. Oh yeah, of course, because yeah. he knows <laughs> he knows people could be watching. Yeah, he him. knows. It's it's funny because you know in. Um, in the U.S., I know that a lot of the um, the uh, owners of the big technology companies, or basically people who work in Silicon Valley, mm -hmm. 
um, they don't let their children use the um, use the internet so much. Yeah, like use their like Steve Jobs would not let his kids spend more than certain hours a day, you know, playing with the iPad. Yeah. Yep. Because they know how bad it's uh, it's for you. So I think yeah. that's the big problem. Like you, like we, spending too much time on our phone. Yeah, it's true. We really do dinner. You know, when we go out to dinner, when we're walking to dinner, when we're in meetings, we're always on our phone. And, but I think it'll lead to really um, uh, some type of change because just even Snowden coming out and giving the CIA secrets away has, has led to a lot of transparency, you know, or the idea that people are becoming more aware of how important transparency is in governments and businesses and all this. Yeah, for sure. But it's, um, it's interesting because in one way we want to be more connected as digital nomads. You know, uh -huh. you always want to be more connected to the internet. You want to have faster internet. You want to have better service. Yeah. And we need to pay the price of being more connected, yeah. <laughs> which is to be actually be connected, to get messages all the time. Like, um, it's, it's really hard to disconnect. It's getting more and more hard to disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing, you know, these days, 50, 30 years ago, some events could happen. Uh, well, let's say earthquake in New Zealand, right? We knew about it in yeah. seconds. And 30 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago, people just wouldn't even know about it. Um, not only you know it, you know that your friends are okay because they mark themselves safe on Facebook. Yeah, which is <laughs> mind-blowing. Yeah. It's a whole new world, Omir. Yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually glad that I don't really like using my phone. Yeah. I wasn't born to using my phone, so there's still like, you know, I can still use my phone and did, like throw it after a couple of minutes saying like, I hate this thing, I don't want to be on it. Yeah, you know, uh, but, go ahead. Yeah, for people that were born into using phone and that's their habit, you know, they can chat for hours on their phone. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we. I went. I was in San Francisco. Went to dinner with a group of friends, and um, we put our phones in the middle of the table, and, and we made an agreement: whoever touched their phone first had yeah. to pay for dinner for everybody. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that thing. <laughs> so we actually talk to each other, not to our phones. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, thanks, man. That was a great show. I think that'll be a really, really good one. Thank you. I'm really, really glad you, I got to be on your show. Yeah, and I hope it sends some business your way, too. Uh, yeah, i actually really happy not to need any business. Good. But, <laughs> That's uh, a good place to be. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think so, yeah. Uh, the one and a half Israelis listening to your podcast. Yeah. I already... They're already my customers, probably. <laughs> but